Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith. Over at OneFootDown.com, over on the SB Nation Network. And joining me are my partners in crime, Senior Editor Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Oh, we are, we are not ACC champions. Josh, uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> did, did you think a fine was on its way? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Okay, okay. That's a good. That's probably going to be the smartest answer uh, for most of the most of this podcast. Brendan, uh, are you uh, are you you drunk enough Almost yet? Ten. Oh no no no! I uh, I took a, a nice shower afterwards to to sober up. Uh, I'm <laughs> static because um, Chris Tyree got some touches in a Clemson game and they resulted in the only touchdown. So um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 feeling great. Feeling feeling great about that. Yeah, well, I was just telling Brenda before we uh, before we hit record. I I'm still not exactly even sure 100 how I feel about this game now. Obviously, it sucked ass losing and was not pretty, but I have I'm still trying to, like, fully gather, like, what this actually means, not what people think it means, but like what it actually means. Uh, You can you can look at that from 10,000 different perspectives, right? Like, well, that's what I'm saying, Jude. That's like. Like what it means to be a Notre Dame fan, what it means to be a Notre Dame alum, what it means to be a long suffering Notre Dame fan. (laughs) Well, first, I mean, firstly, nothing pisses me off. The worst thing about losing isn't actually the loss. No, it's it's the the reinforcement. Yeah, it's the reinforcement of the narrative. That's ridiculous. It's it's every bitch ass fan that has to like. Seriously, the fire BK comments are absolutely insane, stupid and need to get thrown uh, into the sun with like 40 nuclear bombs attached to him. But it's, it's, it's other than that. It's like, it's the, like, did, did we somehow think we were on like an Alabama level? Cause I've never thought that. And so like, this was obviously not the game that we had predicted, not even close, but like to like, after any loss, Irish fans, I don't, I'll tell you, they would still be going nuts if we would have lost by five where it's like blow up everything. Everything sucks. Every player is terrible. I mean, it's none of it makes sense. I mean, and none of it does make sense. And it's, and what's even funnier is the people. And maybe I was even at this point at what in the third quarter at some time that are like, we don't deserve the playoff. Listen, take your Catholic guilt and throw it in the trash for a minute. I mean, outside of Alabama and Clemson, Notre Dame is more deserving than any every team in the country right now. Period. It's true. It's, it's, yeah, it's true. So, and we, the, the problem is it's going to reinforce the, the narrative, talk. right? So you're yeah, going to go play Alabama when, in the when first, you, when you, first well, round. When you get death bucketed by Alabama, then you're going to reinforce the narrative that everyone will say that Notre Dame didn't belong there, right? And and the fact that we will, it'll be irrelevant that. Alabama will death bucket anybody that they put in front of them. It'll just be about Notre Dame doesn't belong in the playoff. And that's annoying. I'm annoyed by that. Right. And we'll get to that. This was just a preamble of this. <laughs> so 
I mean, boys, let's let's, let's dive into the game. And, uh, and the shit part of it is that this actually started out kind of well for Notre Dame in a, in a way. Like, it was right there. Notre Dame takes the, the opening drive down the field, not quite marches down the field. Uh, they had, end up having to kick a 51-yard field goal, but you still got a 51-yard field goal. You're up 3 nothing. The ensuing drive for Clemson, they're, they're moving the ball down the field. Uh, and then Drew White gets, him, gets his uh, hands on a ball, gets up in the air. Kyle Hamilton comes down with his first interception of the season. Hey, we get the ball back. We drive it down 75 yards, I think it was, uh, roughly. And down to the five-yard line, can't punch it in the end zone. Jonathan Dorr misses a 24-yard field goal. And then all the sunshine left the solar system. So you know what that reminded and me Lauren, of? And Lawrence hit Rodgers for 67 after yes. Sean Rodgers looks in or, or Sean Crawford looks incredibly slow and out of position and Kyle's grasping there and didn't come to protect him. And at that yeah. point it was like you can't you can't you can't trade even even if Door doesn't miss that field goal, then what we spend the rest of the day griping about that Notre Dame scored six points in non-garbage time. Like you can't get into a game against Clemson and start kicking field goals. You can't get down into the end, into the red zone against Clemson in a game that you need to win and start playing conservatively and not, you know, getting the ball to Michael Mayer in the red zone. You can't, you can't just like rush for Kyron for a one yard loss and then just kind of just, have in book scramble around and kind of throw it to a way to tremble and then kick a 24 yarder. You can't do that. You, when you, when you get into those positions, you can't play conservative. And I just felt that all night long, it felt like Ian book and the offense were playing not to lose this football game. Congratulations guys. You didn't turn it over once. You also didn't have any big plays. You didn't take any risks and you score points in non-garbage time. Well, I mean, outside of the, I'm not sure if I bought, if I if I'm all in on the conservative thing. I mean, let's face it, Notre Dame's offense is is not the the lights out like crazy like put them up offense. I mean, they were trying to run their offense. I I think, and I tweeted kind of something about this after the game is like, I believe full heartedly, 100% certain truth that Jarrett Patterson was the best center in college football this year. And without Jarrett Patterson, that that put him at, you know, they put Josh Lug out there at center. And I thought, I thought that was a, a huge liability for Notre Dame as I watch, as I was watching that game, watching it unfold, whether it was a bad snap or books got to hit the ground. So there, there's a loss there, or, I mean, there, there was some bad snaps and there was just some bad blocking clumsy and, Clemson totally ate that up. Brett Venables totally took advantage of that situation. The way, the way that he was rushing his four or five guys in and Brian Kelly said after the game, you know, was this pressure around inside out, it's exactly what was going on. So, but it really cut down books ability to scramble into positive yards where next, you know, he's just surrounded now book, you know, he kind of reverted to the old, uh, I'm going to take a two yard loss instead of an incomplete pass. Uh, did that maybe three times a night. Uh, but it, it really started 
the offensive line did, did, was not doing him any favors. And I thought a lot of that was because of the breakdown inside uh, that ended up opening things up on the outside. And we just, we saw, I mean, we saw about he was pressured. Now, how much, you know, how much the wide receivers are getting separation. I know that was a, that was a huge problem all game long. I thought there was still some, sometimes where they were, uh, there were open guys, but when you're getting chased by six defensive players, finding the one open guy and you see three other guys like completely smothered, that gets a little harder sometimes. I just, it, it, it looked like Notre Dame walked themselves into a doom situation with the way that their, the, the middle of their offensive line was, was protecting book. And then yeah, from Kramer there, looked, snowball Kramer looked like he had rust, didn't he? Kramer he didn't looked look like he got his ass kicked. sharp. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he just, look, I mean, he just looked really like he sharp. got ran over a few times. I, I just don't, so, I think the thing that's so super frustrating about this is it felt like Clemson made all the adjustments from the first game and, and learned from the first game. And it wasn't just about Trevor Lawrence. It was about a total, a total domination of the things that they were so, so bad at the first, the first, game. well, it was about the guys on defense. I thought Greg, Greg's tweet after the game was fantastic was that Clemson scored one more point in regulation than they did the last time. So the difference was getting the, getting guys like Tyler Davis back, James Skalski, who I think is severely overrated. He's just, <laughs> but it is what it is, but they got their better players on defense back. And that, that was more than anything. And that really, and Notre Dame got worse on offense. You know, not, I mean, not only are you missing Jared Patterson at center, but Tommy Kramer is still coming back from a surgery. I, I don't know. I mean, we have no idea how 100% he really was. Tonight, he definitely didn't look like, I mean, he really got worked. I mean, he got worked. So when the middle of your line gets broken down, I don't know if it was like, I really don't know if it was much to do with adjustments as much as it is that just your starters out there, one team got worse. And we heard this all week long and, you know, we either chose to ignore it. I mean, I'll admit, I mean, either you chose to ignore it a little bit or think it won't be too great of a difference, but that's what happened. They got better players back on defense and we were losing stuff on offense. So I think that, which, which sucks because then you start to thinking about the fact that this game was lost well before this game was even played. It was lost in, in recruiting when you don't have anyone to back up Jared Patterson or come in to spell Tommy Kramer. Like, right. This should be a, something where have it's, a guy, you had a guy to spell Jared Patterson and he got hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Zeke Carell. Yeah. Zeke Carell's, Yeah. Zeke, had a guy. If Zeke Carell was healthy, Zeke Carell would have been the starter at center today, which actually, I, I mean, I don't think it makes I a love, difference in a 24 point loss though. I think it makes a little bit. I mean, I, the, the amount of pressure they were getting inside you, if you have a, a guy who's basically what you could say your third string center, even though it's lug, it's still your third guy that you would get, you know, down the line. And then your starting guard is definitely not top shape. And you're going against a really good defensive front. I think that makes a huge difference. I don't know. You know, 24 points, Jude, you're right. Maybe that doesn't make up 24 points, but it makes up a lot. I mean, that, that Notre Dame was buried on offense tonight for most of the night. I mean, it was brutal. Notre Dame's drives <laughs> consisted of after they, uh, after the field goal missed, Notre Dame went went down and downs six 
six plays, 55 yards. Then it was three for negative three punt four for 16 punt one for negative one halftime. You had three for negative 11 to start the third, then five for 12, four for 25. Then you had a, then you had your seven and this was in the fourth quarter, 10 minutes left. Now, Garbage time, yes, but Clemson still had all their starters out. By the way, when when uh, when Chris Tyree scored that touchdown, Clemson didn't pull their starters. Yeah. Five minutes left in the game. I mean, probably about four and a half minutes left in the game. Uh, so that was seven for seventy-five for that touchdown there. And then your last drive was nine plays for twenty-eight yards. <laughs> That's your last drive. <laughs> nine plays, twenty-eight yards. So, I mean, it was it, it was just it was a brutal brutal game but watching it, it everything just got blown up and it all stemmed from inside out it, it all came from that from that pressure that they were getting up the middle when you do talk about it you need to look at the difference if we're going to talk about the offensive line and whether or not it did or did not make a difference you only need to compare the difference of rushing yards between two games Notre Dame as a team, negative 35 from Book. But even if you take away the negative 35 from Book, they still have less than 100 yards of rushing. You're not going to beat Clemson with less than 100 yards of rushing, especially when even if, Ian Book finished, even if Ian Book away, finished for 219, but he had 45 yards you know, on that last drive when the game was 34 to 3. So I don't know, man. It was just if you can't run the ball and you're a team that needs to run the ball and and Ian books, he got sacked six times and, and some of those times were on him because um, yes. guys either weren't open or you didn't see guys, but I don't know, man, it just always seemed like things were getting blown up in the middle and Ian book does his Ole rollout and Clemson defenders in space. Yeah. They're too good, They're too for, good that. for that. Yeah, uh, nothing's more frustrating to me than you get second and one, and then you have a ten-yard loss on a sack. You yeah. know, and it's just like no. N- now you're third and eleven, where you were at oh. second and one, and so this was that's the story of the game is they couldn't they couldn't keep themselves out of third and six or longer. It was just yeah they was, went from second and one yeah, to third to eleven to yeah. it was impossible. 13. It was impossible to get themselves down to third a third and a reasonable amount. And, it's a, yeah. you know, I, I know our analytics guys were all over, you know, busting Kyron for two, busting Kyron for three or whatever, and then and then passing on third down or whatever. But I'm telling you, man, nothing was working. I, I Just this whole, like, let Ian do his thing. Like, yeah, Ian had a, had a, has a stat line that's r- remarkably unremarkable, right? 20 for 28, well, 200, well, it, 219 it definitely doesn't. It definitely doesn't. His stat line is funny because it doesn't scream blowout loss either. 20 for no. 28 for 219. That, doesn't, that seems like, okay, where's your rushing yards at? And right. you probably should have like been in this game or won this game. Like this, that's what's strange about Ian books, passing stats. Now his rushing stats tell the whole story or right. tell 10 them for 35, uh, negative 35. Right. No, where normally there it's like, it's like nine for 57. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's it, that's the, that's the biggest story or the, because of that pressure up the middle, because of, the problems they were having at the center and guard and Ian book, the, the what just having those Clemson defenders bearing down on them and getting sacked. 
that took away so much. I mean, everything else. And no, not many teams in the country can do that against Notre Dame. Clemson's certainly one of them, and they did. This you know, was a game we're focused, where you need the quarter. We're focused on the offense, but the defense, it's got to be called the task, too. That was. Yeah, can, because I, like you, yeah. Can, you, you can have one of them blow up, but both of them blowing up simultaneously is just. That's ridiculous. This team's too good for both team, both sides of the ball to falter so badly. And look, no disrespect to Clemson. Clemson's a fantastic team, and they and they made Notre Dame look bad. But part of that, is, there's so much self-inflicted nonsense. Fourth and one, and you give up a 44-yard touchdown before the half? How dare you? That's yeah, a, I mean, that, that Crawford, happens, Crawford I mean, missed no. on that ETN run so bad. He had a Crawford had maybe the worst game of his career, by the way. He did. Um, yeah, and that was, missing on that, that ETN game. game ender. He whiffed on the uh, um, uh, the opening touchdown, uh, the 67 yarder. It, you know, to uh, uh, Rogers. He got switched up, and he just, he's not quick enough anymore to to he's swing his hips around and enough. to stay. Rogers. And the thing is, no, we know, we've known this is a problem. We've known that, that Sean Crawford is just susceptible to fast dudes and double moves, right? Like, and yet, where is there's no help or the communication sucks or what? I don't know. But that well, we I, don't figure out. We could, I don't understand why you can like, why Trevor Lawrence do that, that to you. We're still not sure why Kyle Hamilton is on a sideline. That's a great, Greg. I know was going nuts over that during the game. You know, it's like with that, uh, with that touchdown to a Rogers, that 67 yarder yeah. on Crawford, Cal Hamilton's all the way on the other side of the field. Taken out of what, like a, uh, I mean, it wasn't even a flag route. It was more like an out on the other sideline. It's like, I'm not sure if that's where you need your safety to be. Uh, I, you know, of all the coaching things, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on. And we've, we've, we've questioned this this year about our coverage schemes, you know, cause I've, I've been concerned about what they're doing with, I mean, what they're just doing with Kyle Hamilton. Like before it was like, why, why is Kyle Hamilton living inside the box? I need him trying to make plays in the, you know, defending a pass. And then this game, you got him. I mean, and look, Trevor Lawrence is no slouch. I mean, it's not like, not like this guy is a, is just a random quarterback. He's going to go. He, he threw the ball where it needed to be every single time. Almost. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just like, it's yeah, he's, uh, he's a fantastic I talent. I just, I, yeah, I knew I just he was going to, I knew he was going to get his, but it just like, you know, you would expect that. I don't know. You just, uh, the 67 yard nonsense is just like, it's, and it's been building for weeks where they're giving up these chunk that, plays of 20 to 30 yards. That's college football now though. I mean, every team and in order to win football games in college football, the expectation is you're going to be giving up those plays. You just need to look at the, like of the championship games, which Notre Dame's goal is to get there of the championship games in the college football playoff era, all but two of the games, the winner scored over 40 points. One of the winners, it was a Clemson win over Alabama, 35, 31. And then 2018 was a 26, uh, 23 game between Alabama and Georgia. Every other game was 42 20, 45 40, 35 31, 44 16, 42 25. Like these teams are scoring an enormous amount of points, and you have to be able to. I get it. I get it. And I know that Clemson was going to score points on us today. I just, it's just, it's frustrating to that the, that the offense 
couldn't respond in kind. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm beyond livid about this whole, you can throw it 30 yards at a time. And then when you get down to the 10 yard line, you like have no goal. You have no red zone offense. It's just, it's yeah. nonsense. It's been going on for weeks now and it's go- It was going to cost them a game. And it looked like in the beginning, this was going to be the difference in the game. Now it turned out to be not that, that way, but it was just like, it, it, it this has been like, you remember that two years ago when the sooner um, schooner was like out of control <laughs> and, and it was like slowly tipping and then all of a sudden like people were spilling out everywhere and it like looked like a horrendous yes. thing. Like when Dora missed that field goal, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. It was like, uh Oh, did we just lose a wheel on the schooner? Like on the, on the, uh, you know, the old, uh, gypsy wagon here. Like I just, you know, the pots and pans are spilling out. Yeah. I mean, besides all that, I mean, I think, I think we touched on it. I think the simplest way to look at this game is just the absolute flip, the flippage in rushing yards and what the rushing game does. Now that doesn't mean that the game had to be like the same kind of closeness because it affects each team in a different way. But remember, you know, I know what we were talking about before the, you know, in our preview, you know, I, I know I said something about Lawrence running the football kid pulls out 90 yards on the ground. That's yeah. a huge difference than what the ATN's 124 yards. Yeah. I mean, so I, there's a huge flippage on the ground, which again, like I said, it's not going to just going to like make things just be kind of flipped around from the last game, but it, it effect, you know, affects it in a different way. And that was it. I mean, the, outside of the, of what, all the 15 minutes we spent on the pressure that Ian book was getting up the gut. It was a running game. It was the inability for Kyron Williams to, to really get things going. And it was the ability for ATN finally to, to break out a little bit. Uh, and more so than anybody else in the field, Trevor Lawrence doing his thing. I mean, kid was out there hunting it. I mean, they, there's a couple times where you thought you had him for a sack and he just shakes that off. I mean, wraps, he was shaking off a wrap, like, like uh, MTA had him wrapped up. Ade almost just, had him in the end zone when uh, yeah, he just NBA. ran right through it. Yeah, I mean, and that's like I'm sorry, that's that's your that's a that's your number one draft pick quarterback, generational talent quarterback. That shit is just it is what it is. Uh, so you you just wish that you could contain that a little better, but but they were not. They 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 definitely did not. Um. So that was the difference. I mean, that was the difference between between Trevor and DJ. I mean, for the most part, I I didn't I didn't feel a big difference. I mean, as far as like how Clemson's offense operated, other than like they're running the ball better, both with ATN and with Lawrence. So I I'm not sure. I, people are really coming at like who to blame. Everyone wants to wants to instantly start blaming somebody. Wants to find someone fired, or or whatever it is, and I'm not 100 percent sure where where the epicenter for all that is. And two things of that, I'm not sure a if it does ma- if it matters, and b if it does matter, is it going to be able to be changed before the next game? You know what I mean? Like sometimes there's just nights, and I, I don't know Notre Dame fans. I want to hear this because they 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 either want to bitch or they want to want to find the problem, but sometimes it's just a night. And when you're playing a, a team that's as talented as Clemson, who's as experienced in these games as anybody else in the country. And with someone like Trevor Lawrence, it, these the shit ends up fucking happening. 
This isn't. Why this doesn't have to be this night, though? Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was not the night we wanted. You know, I don't know. Was Clark Lee's week that he had? Did that have any effect? Uh, I, well, I, Ian I, Book said that in the post game. Ian Book said in the post game that uh, Notre Dame just didn't have their night when he was trying to make his case for Notre Dame in the playoff. And I get that, but it's just narrative fuel. Is that it just happens to be that the nights where this happens is a rainy day in Ann Arbor or, you know, a, a well, game just, in the other uh, nights Miami or more talented, you know, it's, it's not like this is the only random time they played like shit. They, they've had, they've had a couple of those clunkers, but they're just more talented. Yeah. They're able to get out. Louisville you and you can't pull a clunker out of Clemson. And so, you know, I mean, I, don't, I, I think people are going to drive themselves crazy, crazy trying to figure out, you know, what to do next. Like, what's Notre Dame supposed to do at halftime? Are, are they really supposed to go in and change everything that they've done all year, <laughs> all year long up to that point? Like, how, well, how offensively, yeah, just, how do you, how do you, how do you change and make those adjust? I, adjustments, yes, but like you're looking for like people like ask for like massive changes. It's like you, you just played. This is your eleventh game. At this point, you are what you are. And either you execute and make it work or you're just not, or it's just not going to work for, or you're just, it's not going to work. It's not going to do it. I don't know what other adjustment you have. I, you know, do I just, uh, just so like, I, you know, I think that we've spent a lot of time and energy, maybe even mental energy talking about how far we've come since that 2018 cotton bowl game. And then I had to watch the fucking game again tonight. That was it, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, was it. It was that. It was that game again. It was the. It was the cotton ball over. It was the same set game. Ian Book couldn't. Couldn't. And, and they and couldn't run the, the ball. The, the thing they that couldn't makes find us, receivers. And the thing that makes it ten times more frustrating is I don't believe that 2018 team can hold a candle to this 2020 team. Like maybe it's like maybe it's recency biased or or just drinking the Kool Aid or something. But I think this 2020 team has something special. And I can't believe they just they just threw a, a 2018 Cotton Bowl at us because, and that it's annoying. And I'm also, you know, I, I think if I'm being honest, I'm I'm embarrassed because I spent all week, you know, running my mouth and and <laughs> my team didn't back it up, you know. And no, so I mean, I mean, Twitter <laughs> didn't take uh, take. Yeah. I'm not. I'm on Jude's level. I'm not mad about this entire exercise of tonight. I'm disappointed because I thought this team was better. And when Josh, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you didn't think that this team could compete with Alabama. Well, I did. I thought that this team would have been able to at least put up a fight because I thought that they had, you know, the grit. And I thought that they had an offensive line capable. And I thought Ian book had taken his game to the next level and I bought in and I feel embarrassed for myself because I bought in and, like they let me down and I just I'm disappointed. I mean, I definitely would have picked Notre Dame to beat Alabama before I like this, but no, I, I mean just thought they would have had a puncher chance. I, now I know the game's gonna be a death. But I mean, Alabama's got what Alabama's got what? How many years? Twelve, thirteen years strong now with with saving yeah. at the helm. We get we have a there's a lot of receipts with Alabama. There's a lot of there's a lot of proof with Alabama. And th- there's 
that's a way more than Clemson in my mind. Like what, like for me to like look at these two teams and honestly, because of all the talk we had in the preseason, we know, I mean, talent wise, Notre Dame and Clemson aren't that far off. There's a, they have a few more skill position players that are, that are highly ranked, but overall the, the talent is the same. Whereas Bama's just way over the to bottom nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so that's where I'm coming out with the, with the whole Bama thing. And you just kind of praying like, you know, maybe you get in a two seed, somebody, somebody else, the four seed comes in and, and somehow trips Bama up. It doesn't have to be you, <laughs> but I don't know the narrative. I mean, you guys are right. Everyone, the Notre Dame fans and, and us, just the, the bloggers who, who don't have the, uh, you know, you know, like people like Samson, they can all fall back on. They're just covering the team. You know what I mean? Even, even though they'll do as much shit talking as, as the rest of us, when things are going good, when things are going bad, they, they back off completely. Like they're, Hey, I'm just a journalist covering this team. Uh, so it doesn't make them look as fucking stupid, even though they're on equal measure, but it just, it's, yeah, it just sucks. I mean, it just flat out sucks. You would have hoped there would have been something better there than what was put on the field. It just, it just sucked. So, but I mean, does it, does it call for wholesale changes? Does no. it? No, I don't. I mean, and I don't think, I, mean, I don't think were, wholesale changes can be done before the next game anyways. You know? Right. But we're like, looking like for the next, for the seasons after, you know how it goes, Jude, after a loss, like we need to do this differently and this differently, this differently compete, blah, blah, blah. I'm right. just not sure if that's applicable here. I mean, not every loss has to come with a major well, manifesto. Yeah, you, you don't throw the baby the- out with the bathwater. They're still a 10 and one team, you know? So it's just, look, it's just, it's a, it's a weird year. And I'm not sure that you need to, you need to say everything about one game. I, we can't allow for the idea that, that a, they had a, they, uh, everyone has a bad game. B, they have deficiencies that we've known about all year, and we finally met a team that can exploit those deficiencies. Uh, and C, both A and B, right? Right. Brendan, let me ask you: Do they should they have kicked the field goal in the first quarter? No. Instead of uh, going for it on fourth down. Okay. No, it's a cowardly goal, and it, it was at that point in the game that I knew that in before Jonathan Dory that when they needed to opt to kick that field goal at that particular point. And you have to consider the, the situation in which they were able to kick that field goal came off of a turnover where you drove the ball and you could have taken a 10 nothing lead. And instead you can't you know that you cannot beat Clemson. No the field goals. no the miss the missed field goal was after the, the turnover. The down yeah, was, was the drive after. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the third one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You always, like, you're not going to beat Clemson kicking field goals. I thought that they should have well, gone for it in the, the situation they kicked it from the six, too. And the worst part about it was they fucking had them. <laughs> yeah, they had it. They had it. It was, it was a. Oh, with Avery one. Davis, and he didn't. Yeah, was, uh, yeah poor, Avery Davis. Didn't throw slow ball. Up. And Davis, I mean, Davis should have slowed up. Was right. it poorly why thrown? Why are you doing 100 miles an hour like towards he, the sideline? Yeah, I think Avery Davis like, needs uh, to, to slow down there. I I, I think right. that's on Davis. Yeah, because then he could have turned up and he could have turned up and maybe got you know inside the ten. 
Yeah, there was a there was I would have taken the first down. Just sit down and Oh God! Don't get me started with Michael Mayer not taking first downs because he—it was almost one of those again when he fumbled that ball, coming back on a uh, another first down. I was belligerent. Michael Mayer when Michael Mayer finds a first down uh, that he enjoys, let me know because I've never seen him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was just hubris, right? Because he does that and then he fumbles it. I and mean, he was lucky yeah. enough to get it. Oh, yeah. Should have been a flag. Should have been a flag thrown for a face mask. But shit, you could have said there should have been a flag thrown about every other play that night. Or, <laughs> yeah, about once again, the, once again, the ACC refs uh, just fucking terrible. And the funny thing is, though, it's it's really not like I'm not calling out homerism thing. It's like they're bad for both teams. <laughs> like yeah. they're just bad. And you just so happen to see the ones that they should throw. I mean, blatant ones. There's there's a couple of just terrible holds that were not f- thrown. And it's just like, why is – and then it came when uh, they flagged Notre Dame for a holding. I'm like, I thought holding was allowed tonight because I have been seeing some shit go on all night. And now you choose this on a third down to, to call fucking holding? That uh, That was ugly. Um, you know, it's funny because sometimes I, when we lose close games like uh, Georgia 2017 comes to mind, I think probably if I if we go back, I would I would probably said, you know, oh, it would have been much better if we got blown out. Uh, you know, at least I would, would know we were not in this game. I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel great to get blown, it doesn't feel great to get blown out. It, it just no, it, no. it's just it's a it's a terrible feeling. I don't know if it's a if it's a worse feeling than than losing a, a close squeaker one. Or it's just a different feeling, but um, you know, I, I appreciate you guys not blowing me up. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna f- confess myself. When ATM went, went fourth and one for 44 yards, I was just like, "Look, this is not good for my mental health to watch the second half of this game." There's no part of me that thinks 20. They're coming back from 24-3, and so I reached out to my six-year-old son and said, "Hey, do you want to watch the new Crudes movie?" Because I knew he was excited about watching it, and we watched the Crudes for the second half. And I didn't watch the second half of this game because. I was just, I, I couldn't get myself under control and I knew it was just going to be worse. And it makes me angry that college football has such an effect on me like that, (laughs) that I thought I was past this. You know what I mean? I thought it was, I thought it could be cool about not caring about losing a game, but it really fucking hurt tonight. It hurt. I, I understand where you're coming from. I just, I, I'm cut from the cloth where I've never left a football game early or a sporting event early in my life, like regardless of score. Like I've I've seen it all the way through, uh, for Notre, for especially with this game, like that second half. I I wanted to see what Notre Dame, what Notre Dame's response was, whether there was viable that they were going to come back and win or not. I wanted to see the response. Uh, and then as yards I saw the, the resp- third quarter, yeah, as I saw the twenty six yards of the third quarter on three drives, I saw what that was. Uh, and then after that, it was just. I I, I don't know. I guess it's my I mean, job. Gen- to watch Gemini, I got to I got to laugh tonight. Okay, I get to laugh tonight and and not worry about something oh, for for ninety minutes oh, because laugh. like uh, I laugh too. Oh, I laugh. I just I, really, I, I was laughing at at everyone's ridiculous. And we'll get to that ridiculous fucking hot takes about uh, about Notre Dame that just do not add up. Do not add up at all. I don't give a shit if Notre Dame would have lost sixty six to nothing tonight. None of the, those hot takes do not add up. Uh, but, 
you know, whatever. Um, it's, it, you know, it's brutal. It's brutal. And again, I, looking through like the game thread on one foot down or the comment section after the, the recap or on Twitter, wherever it's just, yes, you, you see the worst of what fans are. And I'm not talking about like knocking players down or all that. I'm just talking about the worst fucking ideas imaginable about like literate pack for Clark Lee, send him to Vandy. Now we don't need him. <laughs> like, no, we need Clark Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that would, that would be fine. If, if Clark Lee, uh, I mean, it's fine, but I mean, like, look, like, Again, I, I said this earlier. I was trying to say it a little bit later. The the best tweet I read tonight w- really was Greg's talking about Clemson scored one more point tonight than they did in regulation against Notre Dame and South Bend. And the big difference was what we were able to do on offense. That that was the difference in it. Period. It was just something offensively. Now it it looked it kind of felt like we got rocked defensively because of, of some big plays. But there was well, I mean, the first half. It it was the first half that felt like it because they had of their first yeah. uh, five drives, they had the pick, but the pick was in the red zone. But then it went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, and that's how they. Right. Ended and that that last touchdown, the last touchdown should have been a should have been a punt. Should have been right. You know it, that. Well, going it off shouldn't have that, been a punt. Well, it should have taken been a timeout because Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence should have taken a timeout instead of, you know, spiking the ball on third and one. But <laughs> so I mean, it, it had a it had a it had a much different feel, obviously. Um, but it was just God. I, they know, held Clemson to their second lowest uh, scoring total of the season. That's exciting, right? <laughs> or actually, no, it was tied for their lowest. Uh, they they tied them for their lowest scoring total of the season. And well, the Boston I mean, I college game, they scored 34. That's what I'm saying. And that's like watching, like, like is there really nobody? And, I, and I'm sorry. I, I mean, I love Sean Crawford. I mean, uh, the guy's been there for a half yeah. a century. <laughs> Ohio kid. You know I love the guy. But are, do we? did the C on his chest really mean we can't take him off the field? Cause I, you know, I think that happens a lot where you put, you know, you put these guys in that leadership position and it's harder to just fucking yank them when they need yanked. Like is Houston Griffith that much worse playing safety? Is DJ know. Brown, you know, DJ mm-hmm. Brown played for, for Kyle Hamilton for that entire second half of North Carolina and he did fucking just fine. So if, if Crawford's really choking it up, I mean, he did not look good there tonight at all. So that, I mean, that in itself, that needed to be a decision made defensively. And, that, and I'm saying that. Do we that, know saying, the status? I'm saying all that. Which do we know I'm the saying status? That the defense wasn't, wasn't the problem tonight. It was the offense. By yeah. far, it was the offense had more issues than the defense. After it, those first three drives. Yeah, after those first say, three drives. First three drives, the Notre Dame, phenomenal. They looked fantastic. And in, in starting in the second quarter, from the second until the fourth quarter, the Notre Dame offense garnered 38 total yards. You Ugh. can't do that. You can't do that. And and the defense, they didn't do you any favors in the first half. But well, it's going to be a shootout. And if you're able to at least cash in a touchdown – 
And then maybe the defense is able to stand up a little bit and they don't feel like they have the weight of everything. Just that's one of the things about the defense is, is once your offense isn't scoring, the pressure just mounts on you as a, as a player. And then you make, you make mistakes. You miss Travis Etienne and he scampers in for 44 yard untouched, essentially untouched touchdown. It, it sucked. It's I hate yeah. fucking seeing Dabo dancing in the, I, I mean, I fucking hate Dabo Sweeney. I, <laughs> I do. I fucking hate him. He said some kind words about Notre Dame after the game. That's, that's cool. But I fucking still hate him. I don't like him. I don't like James Kalski. I think he's a fucking ordinary linebacker. You can put him on any other team in the country, and he's just an, a linebacker. He just so happens he's to Joe be on Clemson. He's Joe Schmidt with, you know. He, Josh, he called out an interception at Pittsburgh before it even happened. How could you hit a guy you like that? Did you see them celebrating that? Oh, oh my no. God. I was like, they actually, they actually you're direct traffic. I was going to say, you're embarrassing yourself. There's no way that corner heard him. Are you, I, I, I I was beside myself. I'm like, no, the ball they... was that ball was a turkey hung up in the air. Of course, he intercepted it. There's James two dudes down there. He's at best a practice player for the New York Giants. <laughs> what wow. All right. I don't believe that. That's Jets. a hot take. I, I, look, and the guy talks more shit. I cannot believe the the refs that flagged flagged us for some kind of weird flex after a touchdown. Just let him stand over guys and talk shit the entire night. Like that's, so that's allowed now. I just want, I just want to make sure what the fucking rules are because you know, these things happen. ACC refs, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't like him. He ha- he played a heck of a game. I, but I still think that he's, if you put drew white over there, he does the same fucking thing. You just don't like the fact that he had a neck roll. You wish you had a linebacker that had one. I actually do. I actually do like that. He looks like he can barely <laughs> spell his own last name. No, he which is, can't I mean, spell which, his name. Which is endearing as a linebacker. But you I mean, could like spot him the C and the A, and he couldn't spell cat. <laughs> Tyler Davis was a much was a much bigger. Uh, yes, he was. Issue for Notre Dame, and he was Tyler. I mean, yeah, watch. He was. If you go back, watch that game, and watch what he's doing. And again, in the inside. You get rid of Patterson and you bring in Davis. That is fucking huge. That that set up everything for what they wanted to do de- defensively. Because it's not like Brett Venables is just some random de- defensive coordinator. The guy's good. He's a. I hate him too. I hate him a lot. I think he's a douche. <laughs> no, he looks like he the bad. He looks like the bad guy from uh, um, what's the 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 movie with? Uh, I, I'll get back to you on it. But he looks like there's a the horror movie with uh, Coach. His whole special. On game day, what was it? Two years ago, about the about the get back guy just holding on to Brett Venable's belt. Grow the fuck up. Get some fucking self control. My God, I hate him. He's a hell of a defensive coordinator, but I just I can't stand him. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, someone could be good at what they do and still be a complete douchebag. I mean, that's there's plenty of those out there, right? Isn't Shia LaBeouf a hell of an actor, but a douchebag in life? He sure is a douchebag. Okay, well there you go. No, he looks like the he looks like the bad guy from Poltergeist too. Certainly not a CGI Luke Skywalker coming in kicking shit up. By the way, thanks for spoiling that for me. That was the the best. I felt I felt so bad. Like 
minutes after I tweeted that out, th- not thinking that people hadn't seen it yet. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And I wasn't like I made the video. Some, that was no, somebody else's. My... But then I thought about it after. I'm like, oh, man, there's probably people on my timeline that haven't seen that yet. It's Friday night yet. I mean, I saw it. <laughs> so uh, I actually, <laughs> I won't get into all that, but it's fantastic. I apologize, Brendan, for ruining your your season finale of The Mandalorian. It's okay. Okay. It was. Still- I, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was on point, and I thought that you would be less. Uh, I thought you would be less um, uh, empathetic to it because you watch Notre Dame football games, knowing the plays before they happen. And I thought, well, he probably doesn't care about spoilers this, anyway. You know what I did tonight? This is I, this is the first time all season because my we run the. Uh, well, that's why I, we lost. And I have I my one of the office. I use the Amazon Fire. And that's why I'm like two minutes behind. So tonight, and because my TV is like in a weird spot on the computer, I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm going to set up my iPad here next to the computer. I'm just going to watch the game on the iPad today. And it was like two minutes faster than the TV. So to, so it was kind of on, on time where I couldn't look at the play before it happened. It was the first time. So it's the first time we lost all season. So maybe it was my iPad. I don't know. I'll tell you what, I, I, I believe in, in watching the, the, the plays b- before they happen because it helps me regulate my feelings. And to be honest with you, I could walk out on the ATM 44 yard run because I knew it was going to happen. And I was like, I'm hungry. I want to, I, my, my wife set up uh, spaghetti meatballs for, uh, for halftime and, and fuck it. I know this is going to be a touchdown. So like, why do I need to go torture myself with this? So I, uh, I didn't even send out the Dom Shabua tweet tonight. When Tyree scored, Tyree scored. I know yeah, that. because it's like when Alize Max scored the the touchdown against Miami. It's like it's who Miami cares. Yeah. yeah, I just I tucked it away. It's I mean yeah. I had a few people called me out on it too. Like hey you gonna do? I'm like I didn't. I don't even if I responded to him. Like there's there's no need. Like yeah. if that would have been like in the third quarter and not the fourth quarter, sure, okay. Because weirder Maybe things. Because there could have been a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirder things have happened, but. That uh, that wasn't going on. All right, we're going to get a break in, and when we come back, we're going to – we're basically putting this game behind us, and we're going to look forward to – I guess when you're listening to this, this is going to – it's kind of weird. It's kind of a bad time for a podcast, right, that college football rankings come out tomorrow at noon. You'll probably be listening to this either sometime before that or after. So who knows what we say is full of shit or not, um, but it is what it is. Um, so when we go back, we're going to, we're going to talk about what happens now. So stay with us. All right. So not only was it, I mean, it, it started about mid second quarter and that just continued where everyone was trying to figure out what's going on with the college football playoff now with Notre Dame, uh, the, Everyone knew they were going to lose uh, <laughs> once that second quarter happened. And I, I think I've come to like four different conclusions. And I think I'm right back to where I started, where I'm like, all right, Notre Dame's in. Because Can I break some news real quick? Just coming ahead. hot across the wire, real hot across the wire. Rose Bowl's out. It's official. 
They're moving this yeah, game it's gonna be to Dallas. Uh, Arlington, Texas. Just, yeah, which just came across Bama, <clears throat> Which, by the way, Bama will pick Dallas yes, over New Orleans. Yes, they will. Just they to will. let you know. Yep. So, anyways, I think Notre Dame's in as the number four team. I don't care what anyone says. Bama and Clemson are a step above. And then after that, you're not looking for a Texas A&M rematch against Alabama in the first round of the playoff. Uh, 52, 24 rematch. No, 28 point <laughs> loss. Doesn't do it for you. Uh, pretty much unnecessary. So that's what I'm saying. Like you have Bama. Okay. Clemson just beat us soundly tonight, but yet for the season, it's one and one. Bama is Bama. Okay. So you, you have that and you have that one quarter after that. You're going to have a hard time convincing me of anything else. You have a very fucking hard time convincing me of anything else. A Texas A&M team blown out by Alabama. An Ohio State team fucking got five, six ga- or six games in and had a hell of a time today with Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I just tried I, to and win. And it, it, I mean, it's really, it really boils down to a Notre Dame-Texas A&M argument right now, right? Yeah. I mean, Unless put, you want to make arguments for a two-loss – Oklahoma. You want to make an? You want to make I, some well, arguments for well, two loss Oklahoma? Wait, you wait. You said two loss Oklahoma. I Iowa State didn't win today. I uh, Iowa State they came six. close. They they came close. But no, uh, the fighting Matt Campbell's the coach so, Osinko, despite his still, 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 still on track. They are still are looking for their first college title. People are talking about the Oklahoma to the playoff thing, like. Oklahoma hasn't gotten rocked in the, I mean, what are we even doing? How are, how, where is the narrative there for Christ's sakes? Well, I mean, how did they get, you, how did they get from, I know 10, you're how did they get from uh, 10 to uh, four? I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they lost yeah. to Kansas state. If we're, if we're evaluating losses, I mean, you lost the Kansas state and Iowa state. Um, yeah, just the entire Big 12 can be stricken from the discussion unless we're taking crazy pills. Are we taking crazy pills? We might be, but so if what if what if Northwestern would have won today? Oh boy. Well, Darren Ravel would have felt pretty stupid, but um, other than that, <laughs> now he would be fine. Oklahoma's in. If if Ohio State lost, then the, the only path that Oklahoma had, or a bit the Big Twelve in general, had to the playoff is if there would have been an opening from the Big Ten. And I don't think that you can put Northwestern in uh, over in Oklahoma. I don't think you can because that Michigan State loss is just absolutely egregious. It's it's worth two losses. So what I have predicted is Bama and Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl in Arlington. Texas. It won't be called the Rose Bowl, but yes. <clears throat> Are they not going to? They're not going to call it the Rose. Not Bowl? Not allowed to call it the Rose Bowl if it's not played in Pasadena. Yeah, they can't call. Okay, so do we just call it the semifinal game. I think I'm that's what you would Rose call it. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm gonna call it the Rose Bowl. Fuck it. Okay. I'm gonna call it the Jerry <laughs> then, Bowl. Uh, Jerry Bowl. Be, so then it, I mean, he he should get it. I mean, he, he's an evil genius. Get right? called like, Jerry's so, Bowl. Yeah, it's Jerry's Bowl. And so then it's Ohio State and Clemson down in the Sugar Bowl, right? Yeah. That just mm-hmm. I don't see I mean I hear the hot takes, but there's you're you're not gonna convince me that anything Texas AM did this season was better than it, what Notre Dame did. 
And I don't think what anyone was what, what, well, here's my question to you. What were Texas A&M's marquee wins? Well, hanging on the list. Right? Yeah, it was a three point win, a come from behind win at home against Florida, right? I think that that's it the only ranked team that they've beaten. I think that's the only ranked team that they've beaten. Um, probably when the playoff committee comes out, North Carolina will be top 15, right? Still, maybe even top 12. I don't know. So if good wins matter, you would think that Notre Dame was a good win, even a devalued win against Clemson, still pretty good. But the merits of, I don't know, what does is, what is Florida drop to when they take a third loss? Does the committee move them down to eight? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's 35 North 30, Carolina. As we're recording this, it's 35 31 right now going into the fourth. Yes. Uh, no, uh, so, I mean, having that. They're having a. So, does, certain, a, does A&M need Bama to. A&M needs Florida to win, right? Like, that would be. Uh, that would at least be your path. Does Florida jump Notre Dame it's if they beat Alabama? Alabama losing yes. They're still in the playoff. I think Florida beat. I think Florida jumps, or Florida or A and M jump Notre Dame if Florida wins. So you'd have. So you'd have what? Florida four and Bama two, three, and Ohio State two. <laughs> And Clemson won. Clemson won, yeah. You living in that kind of fucking world? And you put your first two lost team in. And you want to to hear something even crazier? I think Notre Dame mops out of the Orange Bowl. I think if Notre Dame Dame gets the Orange Bowl, they're going to opt out and they're not going to play it. I don't think that. (laughs) But I mean, that's I would a lot of cash. It's the thing why I, I don't, don't think, think that you. If you're, if you're Boston College, if you're insert ACC school, and you opt out of like the Springfield Insurance Bowl, Bowl, yeah, you're you're missing out on you know eight hundred grand or you know eight hundred grand, uh, one point two million dollars. If you opt out of the Orange Bowl, we're talking about like four million dollars. Three million, three, three to five million dollar payout for for making that bowl game, which I don't think it's the a, athletic department can put you in the red. Are you sure yeah, that, New, that is, New Year's Eve's have has a special? Uh, I thought it was just the playoff games that gets a special uh, stipend. The playoff I'm, teams. I don't think it's the New Year's Eve. Sure, the New Year's Six. I'm pretty sure the New Year's Eve's get uh, um, bowl uh, large. I'm pretty sure they they get large bowl payouts too because that's why the group of uh group of five wants inclusion into them is so they can get that big payout but maybe notre dame because they're in the acc this year has to split the the pot anyway and i actually think that they do have to split the pot with the acc because they're in the acc this year so maybe they do maybe they let uh i don't know miami go i don't know I, 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 I don't think they'd opt out i don't I, I, mean, I don't think so. I, I think the only way, the only game that the, after Brian Kelly's comments, which were backed up by Jack Swarbrick, because I don't think Kelly would have said that without any kind of backing. Oh, the Rose okay. Bowl. So they get four million for 
they get four million. Oh, they got four million in 2019 for making a New York Six bull. So I guess I do kind of amend my thing, which is if I think they'll, if I think they would jump at six, I think they would jump at four. So I guess I won't opt out. I thought there was no additional money, so um, I guess I was wrong about that. Uh, having said that, I think I think it's it's a, it's an interesting thing, right? Which is the the opportunity to end your season at ten and one, and just say, look, like it's not we're not playing for a championship. So what's, but you still have that big bowl. I mean, it's still the orange bowl. No, I, I I don't think it's about the bowl. I think it's, I I honestly think it's about the money. I think it's about $4 million can help with a lot of softball trips. Everything else, dude, everything else is the, is the, uh, special. My wife just made some, uh, hot cocoa bombs tonight. Pretty incredible uh, thing to be honest with you. Uh, but a, a lot of it's just like, you know, Anyways, it's decor. It's icing on the cake. <laughs> I was gonna get do an intricate the the fact that it's a big bowl game. Notre Dame still needs to win that. Well, one how, of those how get about that this? Check mark I, off. But the money is the drive. The money is the driver. But well, you could use think, everything else to help sell. I think you got you got you probably are gonna have guys opt out though too, right? If it's not the playoff. Oh sure. I'm not saying that there will be. I mean, yeah. Although it's kind of awkward I to opt know. out of that and then, but have already accepted your Reese's Senior Bowl invite, right? So it's kind of weird. Not really. Not no? really. I mean, I, I could see, I could see a guy doing that and I wouldn't think too much of it. I mean, it is what it is. I just, well, if you're opting out, to, I, think just to, to, I don't know if you're opting out because you're worried about, well, I guess in the Reese's senior bowl, they're not trying to hurt anybody. <laughs> so there's that. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting things together where I see, a non Notre Dame playoff. Like, I mean, I could definitely see him doing it, but I think, you, I think when you start going down the the list there of, of it's a weird comment, whatever they say, the, the criteria is it's a strange combination of both. How good are you? And how deserving are you? It's not one or the other, regardless of what they say. It's a, it's a weird combination of the mix. And I think, Remember, conference championships come into play only when they're trying to they're trying to consider two teams that they consider to be equal. That's when conference championships come into play. So if Notre Dame gets left out, uh, I wouldn't be mad at the playoff committee. I would I would just say, look, Notre Dame had a perfect opportunity to control its own destiny. And it seeded that opportunity by not only losing, but losing by a significant amount. And you could you can sit there and go, well, strength of schedule and record well, in will. Texas A&M, I this will and that. I will fine. sit there and say that. But who cares? Because it's fucking true. Who cares? There's, there's no, there's no other way be, around. They weren't going to beat Bama anyway. So it's like, it was like, did you finish, did you finish your season with a possible win in the orange bowl? Or did you finish your season losing by 20 to Alabama? No, I don't know. I, I would, I'll take the loss to Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Every time. Cause I want, I want, I want to be the yeah. distinction of being a team that's been in the playoff multiple times. Oklahoma goes to the playoff all the time and they get housed it every gets, time they go more. there. It's fine. And nobody it's cares. Fine. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, Oklahoma will rank them 10th. Despite the fact they've lost to, um, Kansas state and they have two losses. They, they don't fucking care. Oklahoma, Oklahoma can just like shit the, the bed, like sick boy in, in, uh, train spotting. And they don't the give a shit. It gets all the heat. It's because fucking people hate Notre Dame anyways, regardless of anything. So it doesn't make a difference. Well, and they also, besides this year, don't have a cha- conference championship to, you know, to, to play and make one last statement. So, 
Well, neither I mean, is Texas A&M. Texas A&M didn't go to a conference championship, and they're just they're just sitting at home and not playing a conference championship. And suddenly that counts against Notre Dame this season. Well, they, but the, well, they played today, right? They beat Tennessee. Yeah. Mighty for their Tennessee. 10th game played, right? It was still only their 10th game played. Notre Dame's played 11 games. I don't right, think there's a difference between 10 and 11. Oh, well, the 11th game was against Clemson. What if they played Alabama again? I think that would count for a little bit, right? If they were in an ACC model where the, if they the played, team, the what if they played South teams. Florida? I mean, as, as ticky tacky as it is, I think you can make all those arguments and I think they will be made I mean, inside that room. I, I don't really doubt that, but I just, I, you go top to bottom with, with Texas A&M versus Notre Dame. And I just, I just don't, I don't see, I, I don't see it. I mean, I just, point, point to their, just, point to their I, wins. I, I, I think it's, no, I, I agree with you. Look, I, I fully believe that by the time you're listening to this podcast and our name will be a playoff team, they'll be playing Alabama at this, the site of Alabama's choosing. So let me just say that, but I'm just saying, I think it's much more interesting be, based on Brian Kelly's comments earlier this week. Uh, if you stick them in the orange bowl and see how they react. You know, I will say this to your South Florida comment, just because I'm not going to let that slide. They okay. played Go 0 and 9. They they played 0 and 9 Vanderbilt. They played in conference uh, three and seven Mississippi State. They in played conference. three and seven Arkansas. They played two and eight South Carolina. Um, they 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 played. Uh, they've only had two wins against teams with a record above 500 at this point. And what is Notre Dame had three wins against teams with a record above 500? Four teams. I four think teams. they're four and one. I mean, if Notre Dame, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if it's close or not. It's still, you look down look, the, the list, the, the playoff down the line, it's, gonna, just, it's advantage. Playoff committee is going to do what the playoff committee wants to do. Like if they want to exclude Notre Dame, they can go ahead and exclude Notre Dame. Right. I don't think it makes any sense to exclude Notre Dame. I think, I think that they'll make the the smart choice, which is to say that Notre Dame is one of the four best teams. And I think, you know, obviously it was nice to hear Dabble politicking for Notre Dame this, you know, tonight, even though I think I agree with Josh that he's a scumbag, but you know, look, he could have done just, a little better job by pulling out the dogs in the, <laughs> in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just, well, they, just they this, little blurb, in the fourth quarter. this little blurb here from, uh, from Seth Walder on ESPN analytics says the all state playoff predictor still gives, still gives Notre Dame a 71% chance to reach a playoff. The fourth most likely team after Alabama, Ohio state and Clemson based right. on projections through the ACC championship game. Despite Notre Dame's loss today, the fighting Irish have a better resume per strength of record and are a better team per FBI relative to Texas A&M. That being said, Notre Dame is no lock and the Aggies still have a 37% chance to reach a playoff. That's a weird mix. Notre Dame's 71% chance to reach Aggies have a 37% chance to reach. Uh, I'm not a math person. But I mean, again, most people that are listening to this. Are, it's going to be after the fact, and I mean, we'll, we're going to find out soon enough. I just, I just feel that. <laughs> Look, we haven't talked about the one thing that we should talk about, which is we just ought to, we just defaulted to giving Ohio State a pass. Like, should we just be giving no, no, Ohio no, no, State no. a pass? 
No. no. I de- well, they, don't I defaulted they don't deserve to be here, Texas but we know no, the this people. Is what I, Jude, this is what I've defaulted to. I've defaulted to the fact that everybody else is going to give them a pass, and I'm, I'm, I'm shouting into the fucking abyss. It's absolutely absurd that, that a team with only six games under its belt should be considered for the fucking for the playoff this year. I don't so, get I mean So the official OFD podcast position is that Ohio State should not be in the playoff, right? We all all three of us agree on that, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Texas well, and would be our fourth. Or yes. Florida if they beat, or Florida if they beat uh Alabama tonight. I think the official OFD, if we're gonna vote, oh, I think yeah, it would we're, be we're Cincinnati uh, adjacent podcast. How could we yeah. how could we forget about Cincinnati? Yep. Of course, they've got to finish off Tulsa here, but it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty wow. good. Well, I mean, they're up a touchdown. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing okay. Uh, I, I may come to regret this by the time you listen to this podcast. <laughs> hey, don't listen to me. I thought Notre Dame would win today. I thought they would. I said, I said in the beginning of the game, it does not have to be close. I was right about that. I was not right about why it did not have to be close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got one right. You got one right. I, mean, I said, uh, I say 38, 24. Um, that was not right. That was not right. So we, uh, so we don't need to have a long discussion about, uh, I mean, the no, there's plenty of time to break down Alabama and talk about that game. No, well, no, I'm just talking about like, like we're all under agreement that like there doesn't need to be a nuclear bomb inside the, the Notre Dame football program no. because of this. First time offensive coordinator, um, you were down to your third string center. You had a pretty good season. I don't think so. I think that that would be short sighted. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the things that we knew were problems continue to remain problems, and I think recruiting is part of it, right? When we talk, I, I know it pisses people off when you know Pete Sampson writes fourteen stories about the the talent, the alleged talent gap between tier one schools like Alabama, Clemson and Ohio state and, and Notre Dame. But like, we're seeing that, aren't we? We're seeing that when you have guys that go down, it makes a whole hell of a lot of difference as opposed to like plug and play dudes. Right. Right. But I only need, well, I only need, need one article about it. I watched <laughs> EJ will, I watched EJ Williams pull down a sick one handed catch. I saw him go Ooh, for four catches for 80 yards in a touchdown. And he is a true freshman who is ranked below Jordan Johnson. <laughs> I knew so, you were getting there. I think that Notre Dame has talent. I think Chris Tyree was the highest ranked running back recruit on but either you know, team you know on that, the field. You know what that says to me, though, Brandon? And he got that, two touches. That says to me that, like, literally Brian Kelly, this is this is his ceiling, right? This that Brian Kelly can get us to the playoff, but he can't get us to win the playoff. And he'll never be able Maybe. to do it because because there's either whether it's a recruiting gap or it's a talent identification gap or it's a coaching up gap or it's an academic issue or whatever. Three out of four of those things that I just named are Brian Kelly's problems. He can't control the academics, but he can control he can control how to get Jordan Johnson ready to be the next EJ Williams. Maybe he isn't ready. I mean, maybe there's, right. a, there's also that. Yeah. There's a, I mean, also possibly. I, the I know it feels like, listen, no, listen, I know Notre Dame fans feel like, because, because they will state it. They'll, they'll, they'll put their feelings out there on the line that Brian Kelly won't put a freshman, but you're full of shit. They absolutely will play freshman. 
And I got a funny Michael Mayer. Well, Chris Tyree. Let me give you these examples. Hey, how well, about Chris Heinisch? Tyree, two touches. How about Kurt Heinisch in 2017? MTA yeah. 2017 going out against Georgia. Georgia. Freshman. Do, do you know who he the tackles? Come on. I mean, you can't say if the guys if the guys show up and they do the things they're supposed to do, then they'll play. I just I I we don't none of us and nobody, not even us, us, nobody has a good finger on the pulse of what's happening inside the program right now because there is so much limited access. I don't know if can you say so much limited? There is so little access through the to the inside of the program right now because of COVID. So figuring all this stuff out about why certain players are or aren't playing, like how hurt is Braden Lindsay? He wasn't able to be on the field. Nope. I, I don't know. But I mean, people are like people want to act like they're not putting them out there for whatever reason. Maybe the guys just flat out can't physically go. So there's that. Do you I mean, know? That's not, do you that's know who the two Kelly highest? Was. Do you know who the highest rated non-freshman wide receiver was? Recruiting services on the field today. It was Javon McKinley. By the way, so for for all of the it's news of a talent gap, the highest, always the highest, the highest rated running back who saw the field today was Chris Tyree. Notre Dame had higher rated recruits up and down the offensive line. So the talk of there being like this talent gap offensively, I mean, Trevor Lawrence far and away is the highest rated recruit on the field for both sides. Um, but I mean, Michael Mayer's the most talented tight end on the field from a, uh, and we're going off 24 sevens composite ranking that are rating. So Brilliant. 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 yeah. Brilliant. Let me ask you a tight ends, I, I do want to say Tommy tremble tonight. I want to make sure I gave a shout out. Yeah. Good game, Tommy. One foot down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had a really nice. He had a really nice game as a as a pass receiver. Uh, and yeah. look, he's he had, had some struggles this, this season. And so I, I liked what I, I liked. What I, I thought we'd see more of what we saw today from Tommy Dremble the rest of the, the season that we just had. And he just he had not been there with that. Thought he did a really good job today. I just want to make sure I pointed that out. Like, hey, there's something good. Hey, Brandon. Nice. Yeah, I want to I want to push back on your talent gap thing just a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes one player. If you'd switch Trevor Lawrence for Ian Book, what's the final score today? Uh, flip the numbers. OK. You give me I mean, if you give me a six foot six um, transcendent talent at quarterback um, with Notre Dame's offensive line. Yeah, I think so. I think that he, the he handles the, might he handles the pressure up the middle better. Like that pressure that the book saw, was getting today. And you saw what happened when guys, I mean, MTA gets a hand on him and he just like fall. People fall off of his legs like butter. Uh, should have been tackled in the end zone for a sack. He's a fucking should Adonis. Should have been sacked at least three to four times. And they just, they just fall away. Um, if Trevor Lawrence plays for any team, it, the reason Clemson is Clemson is because they have Trevor Lawrence. I think it's as simple as that. The reason what Clemson is Clemson Trevor, is because they have Deshaun Watson. Lawrence, what if Trevor Lawrence was Notre Dame's quarterback 
and DJ Uyangalale was no wait. What if DJ Uyangalale was Notre Dame's quarterback Notre today? Quarterback. Uh, I I think that I had Raider player. He's a Raider player. book. If people would have like, it might have been a closer game. I love Ian Book. I think Ian Book. Ian Book's my favorite Notre Dame quarterback of the last in forever. But this, this is that's what not I'm saying. the game where he's able to to win. I guess that's what I'm just saying. Have... Trevor Lawrence is motherfucking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like this, what we're witnessing now, we're going to be talking about 20 years from now because he's just that damn good. It's a shame. Listen, I tweeted it out. I don't know if you guys caught caught that tweet. Uh, I might have put it in our DMs because I was so proud of it. Uh, it said, so to the rest of the ACC not named Clemson, you fucking yeah. suck. We're being their bitch for at least another day. Fuck every ACC team. Because there's plenty of them talking shit out there. You, you suck. You absolutely suck. We came in and owned that conference up until th- tonight against Clemson. You suck. And so you have this Adonis, uh, Trevor Lawrence. It is kind of a shame, I guess, that he's not at like Georgia. Didn't stay in state and go to Georgia. To actually see what Georgia would be with a real quarterback, yeah. the yeah. whatever's they had, like how how different history would be uh, with with the with the Trevor Lawrence uh, wearing a G on his helmet. You ever think about that? How how different it would have been three years been? It would have been very interesting uh, SEC title game. Justin Fields wouldn't have Justin Fields wouldn't have gone to Georgia to begin with then. I just, I, so it just something, something just occurred to me. Who lost by more points to Clemson? Uh, a tra- Trevor Lawrence led Clemson this year. Us or Miami? Us. Right. That that would be incorrect. Miami, twenty five points. We were twenty four <laughs> points. Oh, I I thought it was a twenty one point. Okay. Forty two seventeen. Right. Did I do my math right on that? Twenty five. Right. Yeah, you did, you did the mathing. Either way, Miami sucks. They all suck. Everyone what I'm saying is, Clemson. if Miami's like, oh, you know, we did better than you. Well, no, they didn't. They didn't. Or we would have beaten you. They also had a 62 spot drop down against UNC. Yeah. Listen, Carolina gets this, this ungodly love that I still have not figured out, but I'll take because we beat them so, so well. But I still don't understand, like, the love they're getting. I don't. Like, but I'll take it for the clout. But it's like, what the hell are, what are we even looking at? Are there different scales that we fawn over? I think it's kind of <laughs> schizophrenic, right? The whole Florida State thing versus the whole Miami thing. I mean, this it feels like two different teams, right? Well, I mean, the media just falls over a quarterback in points and always will. Uh, but I'm just, it's, look, you lost a Florida State for God's sakes. And Notre Dame like handed your ass, so I don't know. It's just it, it, <laughs> I don't. Know, I just Definitely I was, weird. I'll grant you that. I've given all that a lot of thought. This whole ACC thing, the whole Trevor Lawrence uh, part of history thing, and then I've been doing some butterfly effect shit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot of weird, a lot of weird thoughts. 
How do you think <sighs> Notre Dame would do against Ohio State? We're never going to get to know now, but how do you think they would have done against Ohio State? Well, I, think I assume you watched the game Ohio today. State. Yeah, they would have beat Ohio State. Ohio State's offensive line is not very good, and their secondary is not very good. There's There were avenues for Notre Dame to – I don't think it would have been a boat race, but I think that Notre Dame absolutely could have handled Ohio State. So Trey Sermon's not running all over us like Travis Etienne tonight? No. Well, (laughs) I don't know if they give him the ball enough. Is Justin Fields just a little bit overhyped? I think he might be. His uh, draft stock certainly taking a hit. I'm not saying he's not a really good quarterback. That's I don't want to like twist up words here, but is he a little overhyped? Well, he's sub like fifty percent passing today. He was great against Indiana. He threw an incomplete. I heard, I heard the announcers like defend him for five minutes because of a wide receiver that was out. Like, well, that would never happen if, if this wide receiver. Like, so how good of a quarterback is he? It's these guys. Yeah. Like, I would imagine no, that Trevor Lawrence what we wanted. Yeah, imagine if Ian Book didn't have his number one wide receiver going into the season. Just imagine. Can you imagine if Ian Book didn't have his number one wide receiver for the whole year, much less one game? Isn't that wild? You're talking about the think? guy. You're talking about the guy who's all hype and no, no actual substance, Kevin Austin. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, the unicorn. One well, Wednesday two. Guys, I gotta uh, tell you, Florida's make Florida might make this a game. Florida's like making me like, eat every word I just said tonight in this podcast. Holy shit! No, Florida's I still down. Kyle Trask <sighs> Well, I don't know if I have much more to say. It was a, it was a junk game. It was so junky. Jude went full Fortuna on us. Notre Dame absolutely this wasn't but this wasn't Yo, like a Michigan uh, look, show up they should have got like worked you, I, I want to I want to say this and I want to be clear about this my Twitter handle my, my Twitter handle is NDJRS if you're if you're mad at me and you call me less of a fan because I didn't watch the second half of that game you go ahead you tweet at me tomorrow if that makes you feel better but who I gotta call you less my, of a fan? I gotta protect my mental health man that was that was <laughs> there was no part of that that was gonna be that was gonna get better I was just gonna get angry at my wife and I don't want to get angry at my wife you know because she's she's an innocent in all of this well here's a dirty secret when Notre Dame loses like this my wife is much more pleasant to be around because <laughs> she thinks cool. I'm gonna snap on anything oh <laughs> and really I'm and really I'm fine I mean yeah I wanted like internally tear apart things like just throw an armoire across a room. So I'm not going to, cause my kids are looking at me like I was a crazy ass. So I'm fine. Uh, but we haven't, like, like, it's about to happen. We haven't had one of those though, since when was the last time we had one of those where it's an armoire tosser, like Stanford 2015. I mean, those oh, are close. Game. I think the armoire tossers are close games. That's I what I'm I, saying. I did, it's, Michigan, it's 2011. Michigan 2011. Michigan 2011. Florida State 2014. You know, I wish we'd beaten Stanford in 2015 just because I am just so, so curious about whether or not we could have made the playoff that year. Uh, we screwed ourselves against BC the week before. We're playing like shit. Yeah. Well, I, my, my position is always we were not going to get in and with a close win over, over Stanford. 
But I know I know several people, probably some people on this podcast. I'm not 100 percent sure, but believe that with a win against Stanford that that we're that we're in. I, I think that's I the think thing that's have. really never no, been tested. I, I don't. Well, 2017 is another case, right? Where if they don't lose to if they don't lose to Miami and Stanford, a one loss Notre Dame team could have gotten the playoff. That's that's the were, thing that's that's the thing they, that's really never been tested, right? And I don't think this this year if they get in and they're a one loss team that that is exactly what, what we're testing here. We're testing a one loss, regular season, independent I guess Notre Dame. Can they, can they make the you're right, right? You're right in the inconclusive, but with, with inconclusive results, I think I, I, I will always point to that 2017 season because the way Notre Dame and Georgia played that close game beginning of the season. Now, you know, it was the third, second, third game of the season, close <laughs> loss, Oh my God! The Tulsa guy just made a a catch. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the Tulsa guy just made a catch that bounced off two Cincinnati dudes, and it bounced into his hands. Ah, oh, wow! What a catch! Anyways, keep going. I apologize. So, well, anyway, so yeah, they had that close loss, and then Georgia goes on a fucking tear where right. they're just murdering teams. This is this is Michigan 2018, by the way, right? Right, but that was that was all before. That was all before the playoff rank. I mean, this was just all lead up too. Then once the playoff rankings came out, I'm pretty sure Notre Dame was like sixth or seventh, like uh, in the AP. I have to double check on all that, but they came out. They're in. I mean, they're, they were in the top four when the first rankings came out with that yeah, one loss. Three. Miami was ranked fairly high, like what, like like twelve, seven, number seven. Okay, they were number yeah. seven. If Notre Dame wins those those games, Miami and Stanford. They're in the playoff with one loss. So yes, there is a path to the playoff with one loss. I, without a doubt, I have no doubt in my mind. If Notre Dame doesn't shit the bed in, in the Orange Bowl or at FedEx Field or not FedEx Field, but uh, Hard Hard Garden Stadium. Stadium. yeah, 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 whatever. Joe Robbie, uh, <laughs> Land Shark, <laughs> whatever. Pro player, whatever it's called. Pro player. It'll shit the bed there, and they don't lose an 18 point lead to Stanford in the fourth quarter. They're in with that one loss for sure. For sure. I mean, there's no question in my mind because then you would have had a, a, that close loss to a number one or number two ranked Georgia. And you would have had a win over number seven, Miami. And then Stanford was ranked. 21. Yeah. So, I mean, they're in. I, so there is a path. It's not every year. It's not every year you could have one loss and get in for sure. It's just circumstances allow, but there is, I think there is a path. So I think anyone that says that Notre Dame has to be undefeated, I think is dead wrong because I think 2007. We're about to find yeah. out tomorrow, right? No, I, I don't no, think yeah. we're, we are about well, to find this, out tomorrow because this is, this is their one loss came in a conference championship game, which the, the right. that situation is not comparable. Plus we've got the whole thing with, Ohio state, we only played six games and you know, all, all sorts of nonsense that have, that's gone on this year. Right. So they don't use it. Fuck, fuck those six games. Give, give Ohio state five more chances to play and they're going to, they're dropping one. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. that at all. Josh, name me one time in the last, I don't know, four years, Ohio state has just dropped a game to a random shitty big 10 team. Oh, uh, what? Let me, t- let me tell you about happened. a city. Let me tell you about a city in Indiana that smells like shit twenty four seven. Gary, it's called West Lafayette. 
they have this uh, big oh, that's dumb drum. Oh, that's funny. Dare I, I say thought, program. I could have sworn you you were talking about Iowa. Oh yeah, I don't think Iowa City smells as bad as uh, as West Lafayette, and that is saying something. Just remember, you can lose to a sub 500 Virginia Tech team as long as you do it the first week. Oh God, yeah, and then you can uh, you just got to make sure that you drop a 70 spot on a bad Wisconsin or no, it was Nebraska, right? Yeah, was it Nebraska? Oh my God. I remember watching that game and thinking, there's no way they're going to exclude those, these dudes. So, and TCU was good that year. And Baylor. So was Baylor, yeah. Yeah. One of my things I've been ripping about was just like that. That's why I tweeted out that thing about the ACC. Uh, so, like, all the ACC SB Nation sites could see that. Uh, like, my boss, Caroline, who's a Virginia person, so they could all see that, that the ACC fucking sucks. Just want to make sure they knew that before they talked their shit. Uh, then for basically for everybody else, not named Alabama or Clemson and maybe Ohio state, but, <laughs> but then of course I see, uh, our, the producer, uh, Haber rails tweeting out something about laughing about the nerdy football score. And I'm like, I responded back with like, do you even have a fucking football program? I mean, it, it's that kind of nonsense. Like you're really going to sit there and trash Notre Dame for being way better than you always. Oh, Michigan was chirping today. I'm not sure if you saw that. They were chirping today, too. No. Whatever. You can't even play Michigan? Football. Yeah, they were like, oh, it's going to be till uh, well, then there was- 2033 till you can uh, venture 31-point loss. Uh-huh. It's like, guys. <laughs> well, there, was a, there was a very interesting tweet from the uh, college football Reddit. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, that today, was the, today was the day that I decided I don't actually really like following the college football Reddit and I unfollowed them. So they are they are just they, said, they love they love to piss on Notre Dame. So they said insisting that Notre Dame has earned a playoff bid by virtue of their storied history, despite just getting blown out, might be described as worshiping the ashes of tradition. Not one person, not a Notre Dame fan, not one media member. No one has claimed anything about their fucking history for a playoff bid. It's called the 10 wins they had prior up to here. And that was, I mean, it makes no sense. It is the absolute. And I go, you looked at that tweet, look at the replies. I don't know if that's from me quote, tweeting it with some bullshit, but it ends up with just a ton of Notre Dame people and they're just blasting them. And rightfully so. Right. It's just Chris Fowler is even in here. Chris Fowler even re- responded back to the uh, wow. it's not the ND story history. It's the 10 and one record with a win over the number two uh, college football playoff seed getting blown out in one game. Hardly disqualifies a team. By the way, Aggies were blasted by Bama for touchdowns. That's Chris Fowler. I'm retweeting that right now in, li- in real time. <laughs> and like, and oh. I'm the one who's just shitting on Fowler all season long. I mean, I have pooped on him every game that he's called. By just because he gets names wrong and uh, down and distance. And, by the way, we we now have a the other thing is about this game is it's created a twelve hour narrative, right? The twelve hour narrative is like, will Notre Dame get into the playoff? I mean, we talked about it on the show tonight, so like we're we're just as guilty as everybody else. But at the same time, like this really isn't discussion. Like you really have to torture yourself to get into a position where you can say Notre Dame will be excluded, you know? And I just it. If the only way that Notre Dame gets excluded is if the, the college football playoff committee makes an 
indefensible um, a decision, which it's, it's clearly shown it's willing to do. So if it's if it wants to make an indefensible decision, then it will exclude Notre Dame. But let's be honest, it won't exclude Notre Dame. And so, for, but for the next twelve hours, we'll read stories like this, and then at noon, you know, noon thirty, whatever tomorrow, that all that will go away. And then it will be about can they even stay on the same field as as mighty Alabama? They're they're having a good they're having a good time at Florida right now. Forty five thirty eight five fifty two left in the game. I'll give I'll give Florida some credit. I thought uh, I thought they'd done pissed Bama off in the first half by keeping it close. I, I've talked about this before that that Bama lean where it doesn't even feel like they're blowing them out. It's like, but all of a sudden you look over and I'm like, how'd they get up twenty four points? Like, wait a minute, it was <laughs> this is just a three point game. That fucking that Bama lean all game long. They're so consistent in everything they do. Uh, but tonight having a little little bit of a game. Maybe they're trying to help Florida out, make a case for a three-loss team to get in the playoffs, which would be the most 2020 thing of imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Two-loss Georgia. We, la- we laugh only because <laughs> because we can't possibly, <laughs> with the with the playoff committee, discount anything, right? Right. I mean, I, to be honest with you, like if they're gonna kick Notre Dame out, I hope it's for Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina. You know what I mean? Like let's let's have some fun with this. If somebody's going to be uh, Alabama's sacrificial lamb, like I'm okay with watching a group of five team try to do it. Well, Cincinnati's tied up right now, 24 all with Tulsa. So it, 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 it's, it's looking rough right now. Bama close game, Tulsa, Cincinnati close game. We're on a podcast talking about a oh, 24 point loss. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> so, I think we're just going to wrap this up because so much of what so much of what we're talking about is going to be probably already decided by the time a lot of you are listening to this, and that's yeah. fine. We're we're either going to be completely right or completely wrong, and that's fine. It's college football. I'm not claiming to be claiming to know it all, and uh, never will. And, um, and you know I, what? Sometimes I sometimes do, when you after a game, you just want to hear somebody else talk about the game for a couple for a couple of minutes. And so hopefully we've provided you that outlet. And if it gets to 1230 tomorrow and everything's all been settled or you don't want to listen to us, then I hope you catch up with us next week because hopefully we'll have a lot more fun things to talk about than this game. Right. So for the last things tonight, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on the here first and then I'll have you guys give your says here. But I, I just want to say this, this was a season that was never supposed to happen. Probably shouldn't have happened. And yet here we are. Notre Dame had to change college football, had to change all their schedules around. Notre Dame ends up in a conference and they still went 10 and 0, ended up in the ACC championship game. They beat number one ranked Clemson at home. I don't give a shit who was on the field or not, but they were, they were ranked number one in the country. They beat a top 15 team on the road in North Carolina and they beat them pretty damn good. We've seen Ian Book play really well. This has been a very enjoyable season for a lot of reasons. And just think, there could not have been a season. We could just be sitting around uh, trying to figure out why Christmas to of the ge- Cranks. <laughs> why Christmas of the Cranks is not on any streaming service. You can't get it on Netflix. You can't get it on Amazon. It's fucking bullshit. But, Tay, I mean... 
y'all need to like really sit back and look at Notre Dame versus the rest of the country. And yeah, you're absolutely right, Mr. Know-it-all. Their talent level is not on the same as Alabama. No shit. Tell me something I can't figure out in two seconds. But they're still a really good football team who just lost for the first time in well over a year. Think about the Charlie Weiss years. Think about the Bob Davey years, Tyrone Willingham years. They've come a long way since then. And yeah, there are still these couple of mountains that we need to, we just are having a hard time climbing. But damn it, we're on the mountain climbing them. We're not in the valley miles and miles away. Staring <laughs> we're, not, at. we're not the frozen body that you that you pass by saying, oh, that poor bastard. He should have worn more clothing. Yeah, that's Purdue. <laughs> All right. I mean, this thing, or it's t- 2009 name, right? Things aren't nearly as bad as you think. You start pulling off some of these badass, these terrible losses, like the 2012 Bama game, which was probably the one of the best college football teams put together in the last 20 years. They're incredible. Then you got this with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, two games against Trevor Lawrence. Oh, uh, yeah, he's going to be a number one draft pick quarterback. He's incredible. You lost to Clemson, Ig Clemson, in a hurricane against Deshaun Watson. He's doing okay in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's doing all I right. Mean, and it's frustrating. I get it. I fuck it. Listen, I got to run a damn website. I got to put out three to four stories a day. Try. Nobody understands the frustration about Notre Dame losing better than me. Cause it's not just the website. I got a Twitter account and Facebook account to run for this site. I see, all, I see it all. I see everything and it's terribly frustrating. It's demoralizing. It sucks. It's fuck. It's, you get to arguments with people you you have no idea who they are. It's 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 no fun. But when you sit back and you look at the bigger picture of it all, be a little. I mean, it, I'm not going to sit here and say it's okay, but I mean, you need to be a little happier with what you saw. Appreciate what you had a little bit more. Nah. and that's it. I mean, it just this sucks. No question about it. And it's frustrating and it makes you pissed, but there's no nuclear option here to, <laughs> that's going to change everything. Good luck with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> everyone acts, everyone acts like if you fire Kelly and get someone else in there, who else, <clears throat> who else is going to take the job? It was like when, when Nebraska fired fucking Frank Zolich after oh, what? <clears throat> excuse me. After he had like what? Three, three, nine win seasons in a row. But I mean, Look what happens. I appreciate three the 10 win seasons in a row. And he's gonna probably going to take a second boat to the playoff. Kelly's got uh, three undefeated regular seasons in Notre Dame. Sure does. That's not, that's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just not. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. We're not, we haven't won, you know, two national titles for, you know, in the last 25 years or whatever, but, I, I would suspect if we won three out of the last eight, people would still lose their fucking minds because people are just crazy. Don't be crazy. Yeah, don't be crazy. I'd love to get a real rivalry that comes and going. I think I think this could be a real thing. So I well, they're gonna I, play enough in the next uh, next few years here. Well, James Skalski's got a real rivalry trip. with me. 
I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, he's gone. He's gone to uh, play uh, practice squad for practice the Jets. Practice squad for the Giants. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I want to see. Jets. I want to see. I want to see. He'll join. He'll join Trevor Lawrence uh, on the Jets. <laughs> R.I.P. Trevor. <laughs> he'll be doing Trevor's uh, laundry for him. I just want to add before we get out of here, and before the the bowl selection comes out, if you have any, if your inclination is to hope for the Orange Bowl, my advice to you is to stop being a coward because if you have an opportunity to play for a national championship, if you have a chance to get a title fight, you always take the chance to, to, to knock off the King and take the title fight. Nobody like, I guess the narrative will care, right? But fuck the narrative. The narrative doesn't but, care about you. Even if you win the uh, Orange Bowl, they're not going to care. So always take the title fight. Do not I, reserve yourself to, to 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 like. I want the Orange Bowl because it's a game we could possibly win. Fuck that. Always aim higher. Don't be a coward. I just wanted to end end tonight by saying. Um, Mixing eggnog with screwball peanut butter whiskey is a is a uh, is a, a solid triple. It's not a home run, but it's a it's a it's a safe triple. Um, Brandon has no idea what he's what I'm talking about because he's never had eggnog yeah. in his life, even though he's 36 years old. I now, just right? I don't understand yeah. that. I neither that has more, I guess that is more befuddling. Of your is more befuddling to me than Notre Dame running the football on third and eleven. <laughs> Just three quarters of your staff you, has never had it. You live in Michigan. Yes. How? Egg, that's a that's a Midwest cold yeah. weather drink. What the hell like, is wrong with you? Are you are you opposed to it? you not? Or are you just like never had an opportunity? I got not knock at any gas station. Right opportunity to have it's just like, if I'm at a gas it. station and I see it there yeah. and I just I have no desire. I just I, I see it and I'm like. Oh, people say it kind of tastes like milk and stuff. Well, I kind of like milk, but like, I don't know if I want to get drunk on milk. So, eh, I guess not. And I just sort of like pushed it back. Wait, wait a, next thing wait I a second, though. Like you've, you've had you mudslides and white Russians and stuff like you've had alcoholic drinks with milk before, I'm sure. Right. No, no, really? I've never had. I've never. No, I mean, I never it, had a white Russian. Never had a mudslide. Never slide. had a white Never had a month right, or a white you, Russian. I mean, there's Kahlua, but um, yeah. that's that's not the same thing. I've never I've never put milk in it. Aside wow. from that, you can get just regular eggnog. I mean, that's you're buying eggnog without the booze in it. You're put you have to put the booze in it at home. Yeah, you, yeah, for sure. So I mean, just pick one up at the grocery store. It, it, they, they sell them in smaller cartons. Take one home, pour it in a small glass. It's thick. Like, like yeah, it's got it's, a it head on. It's thick. You know, have yourself uh, have yourself a, like a piece of toast with, with with a really good like a like a strawberry key lime rhubarb jam or some shit like that, and then take a swig. Wow. I feel like I'll you're avoiding about it on it. purpose. At this point, uh, no, so, no, no, no. Do we no. need do we I, need to just, Venmo you like five bucks for some eggnog? I mean, just no, because if, if I take a sip, it'll it'll sit in my fridge. I mean, I'm not alone. I found out that serve it to your kids. Overhead. See if they like it. 
They might like it. I found out that over half of the staff at OFD, uh, you know, Pat hasn't had it. Philip hasn't had it. Matt hasn't had it. Nobody's had it. What's wrong with you all, people? All Midwesterners. I don't get it. This, this has is to be an so H-tech. weird. It's, it's eggnog. Just, I, did, I, I I know Christmas a holiday party the last fifteen years and not not encountered eggnog. It's just not. It's just not a thing. I don't know. It's it's, it's the weirdest so thing. And odd. It is very odd. I I just I thought I was alone in like. I was almost embarrassed about it. I was like, I've never had eggnog. And it's just, it's one of those things where it all of a sudden it catches up to you and you're like, oh my God, I've never had eggnog. I, I know that people drink it. It's just not something that I've ever had. And I was in, I, I don't I, know. I didn't I'm know. Willing, I'm willing to do a money back guarantee. Nobody in the McElinden family likes eggnog, but I need you to, I need you to try it and I need your children to try it and I need feedback. And if necessary, I will buy you. Don't buy anything big. Like they come in like quarter quarts, you know, like just don't yeah. get crazy here or quarter gallons. That's what it is. Right. Quarter gallon or half. Gallon, I, uh, I have to do I have to do some uh, uh, additional Christmas shopping tomorrow. Uh, finish it out. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pick up a, a small little uh, small little nog and I'll let you do know it. how it goes. Do it. Do it. <sighs> it's delicious. It is good. Good. It is real good. I have a buddy in Indianapolis who makes his own nog, and like he he'll, he spends like a day and a half making all these things, and then he's just like he goes on Facebook like all right the nog's ready, and next thing you know like people are like I'll take three I'll take four I mean people like dying over this shit. Wow. Nog is good. It is good. That's all I got. It is um it is unlike Notre Dame's performance thank, <laughs> thank, you, there, thank there. you notre dame for 10 fun saturdays i will not hold this one terrible saturday against you and forget that i had 10 fun ones at least too much oh actually one of them was a friday right yeah one of them was a friday that was a really fun one <laughs> that was really that made, made my second the second most fun one well third most the most fun really one like was beating Clemson. yeah beating Clemson was the best Second most kind I think was beating Pitt. That was a lot of fun. You know what I'm mad about tonight? I'm mad that because we didn't win, we don't get we don't get a very happy uh, Greg on the podcast. That was fun. It was fun after we beat Clemson. Everybody was excited to do a podcast. Nobody was excited to do a podcast I, tonight. <laughs> I think I think Greg's been uh, venting in our DMs for the last hour and a half. Poor Greg. <laughs> I. Uh, it's time to go show I'm Greg some love. Don't get to sell those uh, those sweatshirts that that you had designed. Oh, they were gorgeous. They were perfect. And it was the first time I had one ready to roll, like <laughs> for like the minute right after. They were they were gorgeous. But hey, you know what? I still have I still have playoff like a champion t shirts and hoodies. Because guess what? Notre Dame's going to be playoffs. in the playoffs. They are going. They're going to be. They're going to be in it. If they're not. I don't even know what to say, but other than that, that's wrong. <laughs> if they don't make the playoffs, I think that Notre Dame should boycott being in a conference because the only reason they wouldn't be in the playoffs is because they had to play in a conference title. What do you tell you? <laughs> Who's with me? Let's you just make everybody else in the country mad. And I'm fine with that. Like, um, I don't care if everyone, I don't care if everyone thinks Notre Dame's cool. Like, you know, they don't. And so I, I think people trying to sell Notre Dame to, 
not even just haters, but just like the random, like, what's the point? Like, I, I don't need that kind of validation. Like I will argue, I will argue something wrong because it's just wrong. I'm not trying to talk that person <laughs> into liking the name. Well, plus I'll just argue that a rando in uh, Lima, Ohio, isn't gonna isn't gonna be down with with Notre Dame, even if you try really hard. Say what? Now you talk a rando from Lima? Yeah, are you saying he's oh, not gonna? Are you saying that he wouldn't be down with Notre Dame if you tried really hard, or like uh, Fred from Chilla Coffee? If you uh, if you tried to sell him on Notre Dame, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't get down with it no matter how hard you tried to win him over. Well, there's there's been some fuckers from Worthington up in my mentions today. I just ended up blocking him because uh, he looked like he ate like all of McDonald's, like not just like the menu, but like every McDonald's, and he had a bow tie. And he had like a hundred followers and he acted like his, like he was some kind of insider. I want, yeah, I'm going to call this guy out right here at Edwards, Ohio. I ended up blocking him on, uh, <laughs> on uh, Twitter is CFP insiders, insider bedwards. And he's literally saying, uh, that he, my source, I just look at this fucking fuck with his bow tie. <laughs> I told that jolly fucker to shut the piss off. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you're just going to have stupid people. It, this guy clearly is one. So I don't know. I'm just rambling now. Cause the booze is wearing off. And Hey, I, I did see something cool this week, which was, we, we got a recruit. We flipped a recruit. I believe it was from LSU. The guy was an LSU commit. And he a lot of recruits. Uh, yeah, but this guy said, um, sorry, I think the last name was G, but the, this guy said, I saw the quotes that said something effective, like Notre Dame wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even know who they were. And they started winning football games and they got on my radar pretty quickly. And I just feel like they've got a whole, the whole package academics and like a team that's built. So we're, we're, the winning has started attracting dudes who are going to come here and hopefully, hopefully how to help us win in future years. Would that be fair? That's the hope. I mean, it's better to win than not win. I sure did love that 2013 recruiting class, uh, star-wise, right? And when you win, you get better classes, theoretically. Uh, I, I still think the 2012 class is my favorite of all time. And by just and by virtue to of that, it and Lynch and uh, well, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about the. Uh, Maybe it was a two thousand. Was it twelve? Was T. Shepard and Greenberry, wasn't it, or was it thirteen? No, that's thirteen. That's thirteen. Yeah, twelve was, was the one that had Lynch, and or was no eleven had Lynch. Eleven had Lynch and two it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was twelve that had Shepard. Yeah, and Greenberry. Yeah, and uh, thirteen had Vanderdose. No con job. Yeah, thirteen had Vanderdose. That was the one yeah. that. Uh, Let's. Yeah, because I. I'm really excited for off-season pods because. <laughs> hey, one last thing before we go. As a Cincinnati adjacent podcast, let's let us be the first to congratulate the Cincinnati Bearcats on AAC champions, undefeated. Congratulations on a undefeated wonderful season. season. Congratulations. Hopefully, Michael uh, the, Young. The playoff Mike gives Denbrock. you the consideration that you deserve. I hope you get number six or five. And five. go like pants. Uh, what Florida? Who would they? Who would they go play? 
Uh, it's going to be Florida and oh Georgia, Miami. Right? Yeah, it's probably Georgia. It's probably Georgia. Yeah, Peach. Go, peach go, Georgia. pants, Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Let's do it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay. Okay. There's some, there's some craziness going on right now in Alabama, Florida. So we need to get off so I can watch the final two minutes of that. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Um, they, I am planning on another for us to have another podcast before Christmas. Whether we record that. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> are we going to rewatch the Hawaii Bowl or no? We got something else going on that's a little bit more important. Uh, maybe something a little more important. <laughs> that the uh, the first time we attempted that was a little too much for my anxiety to take. <laughs> or that, was, that took two attempts. <laughs> Remember, I forgot all about that. Uh, although I, maybe I should, I don't even know if I have the MP3 of that anymore. I should I should just. Uh, Re, uh, redownload that, or at least republish it somewhere so people can see it. Because that's, I mean, that's a that's an evergreen podcast right there. That was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it could be like our Die Hard, right? Like a movie that you have to watch every yeah, Christmas. I mean, I mean, how how often is it that you play a bowl game on Christmas Eve? And Jimmy with Jimmy Clausen. I would say that it's happened approximately. I don't know, one time. One time. <laughs> And how many years has Notre Dame been playing football? 130-ish? Uh, are we taking away the uh, NCAA uh, record? You're not. Are we, are we removing that season? Oh, okay. But yeah, so it's a rarity to have a Jimmy Clausen in a Christmas Eve game. That's a real rarity. Waiting for his sons, who will probably end up being USC quarterbacks. You just know it, right? You know, I, lo- I love gonna, Alabama strategy. Go. Like, no, no reason to play defense because our offense will just score every time we have the ball. <laughs> what a strategy! Uh, it works against some teams. All right, well, that's it. And uh, hopefully, Notre Dame's in the playoff. If not, uh, they'll be playing Florida in the Orange Bowls as this game ends up like that. But whatever, this is a shit loss 34 10. 10 and 1. Have an excellent night. Go Irish.